Welcome to the podcast, Estate Planning with Paul Rabelais, where we'll discuss the latest and simplest legal strategies and tactics available for you to protect your estate for yourself and your family, all in easy-to-understand terms. It's all about protecting your estate now, so you and your loved ones can reap the benefits later. And now your host, estate planning attorney, Paul Rabelais. So this podcast is about how federal estate tax law and the NFL constitution and bylaws may ultimately require the Tom Benson Trust to sell the New Orleans Saints. Hey everybody, I'm Paul Rabelais here. I'm an estate planning attorney and I help um, people all over South Louisiana get their legal affairs straight, avoid lots of the government uh, interferences, whether it's taxes or courts or probates or unique family circumstances, uh, help families make sure all that goes smooth. Uh, A little bit about my background, of course, uh, finance degree, then LSU Law School, then even after law school, went up to Boston earned a master's in tax law from Boston University's law school. Been helping families for about a quarter of a decade now get their legal affairs in order. Um, Been following the Tom Benson matter. Um, Really sad to see him pass away. Great man. Um, Have been asked a number of questions about what's going to happen to the Saints now that he's passed away. So that's what this is about. And, uh, you know, I find it really, really interesting, all of the things that come into play in this situation. So I'm going to start by addressing the potential federal estate tax. When somebody dies in the year 2018, the first $11.2 million of assets are exempt from the 40% estate tax. For 998 people out of 1,000, we can stop right there. They don't have $11.2 million. But, but Mr. Benson had well, way over $11.2 million. He likely had in the billions of dollars. In fact, I've seen it reported that the Saints' value is $2 billion. I've seen it reported that the Pelicans' value is $1 billion plus all kinds of other assets, but you just take a look at that $3 billion estate right there, and if you apply a 40% tax, there would be $1.2 billion of federal estate tax, and of course the IRS wants its tax in cash, even though it's based on the value of the assets in the estate. So what I'm about to go through is why that tax isn't going to be due right now and what's going to happen in the future. But, you know, it's a it's a serious problem. And, and as the value of NFL franchises escalate, you're going to see and hear, you know, lots of families who are just going to lose their NFL franchises, but, but for, for no other reason than the federal estate tax. You know, there, here's a couple of circumstances in the past where um, families either lost it or they planned way ahead to keep it. Uh, Joe Robbie, when he passed away, there was a something like a 47 or $49 million estate tax bill, and his family couldn't pay it. They didn't have the cash. They owned the Dolphins, but there was no cash. So they wound up selling their interest in the Dolphins in order just to pay the estate tax. And that was years ago, 40, 
something million dollars of taxes is just pocket change compared to the value of these assets in the Tom Benson estate. And then another example, you take the Kansas City Chiefs, Lamar Hunt, he bought the franchise in 1960 for $25,000. And then in 1997, I'm sure he um, had enough foresight to say, wow, we've got a really serious potential estate tax problem here based on this Kansas City Chiefs franchise that I own. And uh, I got to do something. So it's not easy to get around it. But what he did in 1997 was he gave 80% of the Kansas City Chiefs to his daughter and three sons. Now, that was when you know the value of that gift um, was reported to be about $188 million. So back in 1997, the Chiefs weren't worth billions of dollars like most NFL franchises are today. It still cost him, you know, he had to pay what they call the gift tax, which is really just paying the estate tax early. He had to pay probably somewhere around $100 million in um, federal gift tax to the IRS to give away that 80%, which was valued at somewhere around $188 million. Well, what he did, it, it, it actually was you know, really a smart move because he died something like 10 years later. And in that 10 years, after he gave away 80% of the franchise, the value of the franchise, you know, really escalated and he got all that future appreciation out of his estate. But for owners who still, you know, own uh, those franchises, it's almost too late for them to, to get it out of their estate before there's a serious appreciation. Now, going back to Gail Benson, or Tom Benson for that matter, and Gail, um, what he did is uh, doesn't surprise me, and you know most wealthy folks who are married do this. He took advantage of an estate tax rule called the unlimited marital deduction. In general, what it means is that if when you die, you're married, you can leave your estate to your spouse and no estate tax is required to be paid upon, for example, Mr. Benson's death, but all of those assets will be lumped into the estate of Gail and, you know, they'll be, um, uh, assuming, you know, no spouse to leave it to when she passes away. That's when the estate tax typically is paid is after the death of the surviving spouse. So he could take advantage of that marital deduction either by uh, leaving uh, his estate to her, what we call outright, or leaving it in what's called, and I don't want to get too technical on you here, and what's called a Q-tip trust, which is what he did, where he said it's going to a trust, and uh, in order to qualify for the marital deduction, he had to say in that trust that Gail would get the income that those trust assets produced, and she would get that for the rest of her life. Got to say that for purposes of the uh, qualifying for the marital deduction. And so um, no estate tax is going to be required to be paid. And, you know, it's usually due nine months from date of death. But as long as all the documents are correct and the IRS filings are, are done timely, that estate tax will be avoided. But, uh, in fact, one other note on the fact that he left things in trust for Gail was that 
and and look, the the provisions of Mr. Benson's will said, I leave all of my assets to a uh, revocable trust that he set up in July 2015, the terms of which we don't know. But then in his will, he said, if that 2015 trust is not in existence when I die, then I leave all my estate to a trust, the terms of which we do know because the terms of which were in his will. I got to think that the terms of the trust, which we don't know the terms of, are similar to the trust which we do know the terms of, which said that uh, there's two co-trustees of that trust. Gail's the sole income beneficiary for life, but it does say that um, even though there's two co-trustees, Gail shall have the sole right to exercise all voting power over Benson Football LLC and Benson Basketball LLC. Now, he may have provided that not just because he wanted to, but because of the NFL's constitution and bylaws. They've got some pretty strict rules on who can own or be a member of the NFL. There's only 32 members. And what the NFL constitution and bylaw says is that if an NFL member owner dies, their membership may be transferred to a member of the immediate family of the deceased without requiring the consent or approval of the members of the league or the commissioner. So a surviving wife is within the definition of an immediate member of the family for purposes of the uh, NFL's constitution and bylaws that says that the, the, the other uh, owners of the league nor the commissioner need to approve um, the transfer of the membership when it goes to an immediate family member, which is, includes a wife. Maybe that's why um, Mr. Benson provided that Gail would have that uh, sole right to exercise all voting power over Benson Football LLC, because perhaps if Gail and another person were co-trustees of that trust, then you would have had to have get you know had all of the necessary approval of I think it's three fourths of the of the owners and the commissioner, and there would have been investigations into you know who were the new owners, and so maybe they just got around that by saying Gail can have that uh, sole uh, voting power. Okay. Now we get into what happens when Gail dies. So it looks like moving forward, um, the Saints will be, and really all of Mr. Benson's estate, will be in a trust with uh, Gail as a co-trustee, but she'll have all of the voting power over the football and basketball operations. Maybe the NFL rules really prompted that. Now, when Gail dies, um, now there's this humongous and probably getting more humongous asset or assets in her estate that unless some laws, tax laws change, 40% of that value will need to go to the IRS when Gail dies. However, they, it appears they were trying to take advantage of another estate tax savings rule because what Mr. Benson's trust said was that when Gail dies, he said half of the trust principal goes to the Gail and Tom Benson Charitable Foundation and half goes to the estate of Gail. So um, 
looks like he was doing in large part what other very wealthy people do is leave their estate to estates to charity not unlike bill gates has committed not unlike warren buffett has committed to do is to leave the estate to charity cuz because anything left to a charity qualifies for the estate tax charitable deduction so that's how uh, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, their families are going to avoid estate tax um, by leaving their estates to charity. Now, um, many wealthy people are conflicted because while they want to avoid estate tax by leaving their estates to charity, they also want to benefit their descendants, their children and grandchildren, but the 40% estate tax will apply if they leave their estate or any portion of their estate that they leave to their children or grandchildren or other individuals. I think, you know, Tom Benson doesn't have that, uh, didn't have that conflict uh, of, of do I leave it to my descendants or do I leave it to charity because of, no pun intended, the conflict that he had with his descendants. So it was probably a pretty simple decision for him to say, well, after after both me and Gail pass away, let's leave it to charity. And, and you would think that, uh, or some would think, like I thought, that um, all, that that was the way they were going to avoid a forced sale of the saints to pay a multi-billion dollar estate tax bill was by leaving it to charity after Tom and Gail both passed away. However, there's a, there's a rule in the NFL Constitution and Bylaws, Article 3.2a, that says that no nonprofit organization nor any charitable organization shall be eligible for membership in the National Football League. So you can't have a charity owning an NFL franchise. There's a couple of exceptions to the who can be a, a member or owner of an NFL franchise. The Green Bay Packers, they did some things a long time ago where they have shareholders and they were grandfathered in under these new new who can be an owner rules. I believe that the, the city of Houston is a 5% owner of the Houston Texans. Again, all done prior to the new rule. They were grandfathered in, but um, the NFL won't allow charities to to be a member or an owner of the NFL. So when Mr. Benson's estate, when Gail dies, does go to the Gail and Tom Benson Charitable Foundation, it, it may need to be sold, not so much because of estate tax, but because of the NFL rule that says a charity can't own a franchise in the NFL. So um, really interesting stuff. Um, doesn't seem like there's going to be, you know, anything urgent going on with the ownership of the Saints. I know it was, I'm sure it was well thought out, but uh, I think at the end of the day, unless I'm missing something, um, when Gail passes away, I, I gotta, I gotta think, you know, she's leaving much or all of her estate to the Gail and Tom Benson Charitable Foundation because Tom left half of his estate and the other half is really going to be at Gail's discretion. And so um, that's so when it goes to the charitable foundation, that that triggers no estate tax. And so this is not an estate tax issue. It's a uh, the charity can't own an NFL issue uh, uh, 
franchise issue. So, you know, the charity is going to need, you know, has a duty to get the most for its, um, the sale of its assets. And so, yeah, I would think the charitable foundation is going to go out and, and sell it to the highest bidder and one that would be approved by the, the league. And so you may see that happen in the future. So interesting stuff. Um, hope this helps, you know, if you're a kind of a Saints fan like me and, and you kind of follow this stuff. Um, you may find this interesting. I would suggest, you know, if you have other uh, Saints fans in your contacts, just, you know, you can forward this information to them, just trying to get everybody up to speed. There's been some news reports and, you know, bits and pieces of information, but I'm, I'm trying to gather information as, and as I do, put it out there so the public really um, kind of understands what's going on because I know the fan base just has a real, real passion for, the teams and the organization and the future. So uh, I'll keep um, plugging away at it and uh, sharing information that I think is relevant to you. Okay, y'all have a great day.